0: Chapter 10 and verse 12. Amen. I should have kept that list here at the pulpit of everyone who's going to be speaking at winter fire. But it's it's uh, quite a powerful lineup. So uh, we're going to be blessed by that Um, people from Brother Stone King, to brother Bernard. The Morgan you so cried quite a quite a great time, Sister Miller, right Amen, second Corinthians ten and 12. 2 Corinthians ten and twelve. Um, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, uh, but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves, right? Especially those who commend themselves. Deuteronomy 4 and 2, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commands, commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. The next uh, couple of weeks to several weeks, I'm going to be just teaching a series on God's word. God's Word. Amen. It's a great time to do it. It's a new year. It's always a time where we uh, uh, renew our desire to read God's Word. Amen. If we read it all through last year, and we're excited about reading it again. If we started last year but didn't finish up, it's always a great time to to start up again. Amen. So uh, uh, without further ado, let's pray. Thank you for your Word, God. Without it, we wouldn't know you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, it gives us the power to run uh, uh, through a troop, to leap over a wall. It is a light into our path. It's a lamp under our feet. Amen. And uh, it will save us. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. You may be seated today. We live in a day in and in an age of immodesty, immorality, violence, vulgarity, uh. Uh, permissiveness and the list goes on and on traditional values of uh, marriage responsibilities morals are challenged today by uh, lifestyles of many people who seem content to do things their own way Uh, fathers and husbands uh, many in this world no longer uh, fulfill their roles at home as spiritual leaders they uh, are playboys while away from home mothers and wives uh, uh, aren't uh, supportive of the family many times many times they gravitate toward their careers uh, toward a feminist movement Um, I heard a minister once Say not not in our organization, but I heard a minister once say that they believe that Jesus Christ was a uh, Democrat. And uh, I'm telling you the truth. I heard a minister say that. And I said to that minister, what what belief of the Democrats do you think Jesus believes the most? Would it be would it be abortion, perhaps? Uh, And they said, well, that's, you know, that's that's mean, that's rude. But I I thought, well, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know, whether it was rude or not. Uh, We live in a world, I may have shared it, I can't recall, but but there was a great article out there in the last month about about, uh, uh, we have been taught, our children, a generation has been taught that there isn't any value to life anymore. And the foundation of this belief is 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 abortion. I mean, the scientists have proven that that little five-week-old, you know, it, it has a beating heart, has has a brain activity, and uh, and yet we we are teaching a generation, two generations now. Eh, it's just a, a, there's no value to it if you. The way, the life of that. Uh, and and I'm not preaching on that uh, today. I'm not on a soapbox about that. But but what I am talking about is is uh, there is a there has been a switch of values of what's right or wrong of what's most important. And in 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 today's world, it is it is uh, pleasures that are most important. Um, um, they they say in denominational churches uh the the most important not most important the the largest uh uh enemy that they have in terms of church attendance on Sunday mornings is uh baseball and soccer soccer practice. Uh because a lot of these sports activities take place on Sunday mornings and uh and in denominational churches um um they they would rather go to the sports uh practice than to church they're they're raising a generation of godlessness uh god is no longer uh taught in schools schools uh my I mean I don't recall it but my mother recalls uh every morning you know with the pledge of allegiance in a public school over the intercom brother john I don't know if you remember a prayer would be said. prayer would be said that would never happen happen today. Society is unglued, it's unhinged. um there are no more absolutes there are no more ultimate truths to hold things together. There are no guidelines, there's no principles to live by to die by uh, Extentialists, for example, teach that there is no meaning to life because there's no external rules or standards. So the individual is free to make their own choices. So not only do they deny God, but they deny any point of reference. Anything goes. C.S. Lewis said that one of the, uh, I don't know, does everyone here know who C.S. Lewis is? Uh, wrote, you know, *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, uh, etc. I don't know if you know, C.S. Lewis was an atheist. He was an atheist. He started out as an atheist, and he said one of the one of the moments in his life that made him start to contemplate God was his argument to a to a believer. It may have been Tolkien uh, that uh, 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 that that there 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 was there, there were no rules about what was straight or crooked and uh and the man said to him well how do you even know what's straight or crooked how, how do you even know what it is and then the person went on to say if 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 a if you live on a planet that has no light at all and and nobody no animal has eyeballs then uh then you wouldn't even be able to define darkness. There would be no definition for it because it, you didn't have any eyes anyways, and there's no light anyway. So no definition for darkness. So the person asked C.S. Lewis, so how, how come there's something in us that knows the definition of straight or crooked? You wouldn't know if something was crooked unless you knew something was straight. You wouldn't know something was wrong. Unless there was something in you that said there must be something right. And he said that made him start contemplate, contemplating there must be a higher power who who's, has all these definitions. Amen. Or, or else I wouldn't even know that there was a difference between right or wrong. That there was a difference between straight or crooked. But in today's world, uh, uh, everyone seems to, to try to deny that there's any point of reference. For you to say what's right or wrong, straight or crooked. We live in situational ethics where any and every action is justified under a certain condition. And it's more appealing to the natural mind than accepting responsibility for your actions. It is. it's, It's easier to justify, well, you know, that was okay because they were doing this and they were doing that, than to say, you know, should have been living right. Should have been acting right. Should have been doing the right thing. Regardless, uh, we live in a in an age of relativism. Uh, so truth depends on the person holding the truth. So for these individuals, there's nothing absolute to the to the uh, race car driver that dies. It's said that they're in heaven now. You know, racing with God around God's racetrack. And that's a nice thought, if you like racing, to think, you know, hey, you know, there must be the perfect racetrack up in heaven where the greatest drivers of all time are racing around that track. That's nice. But where'd they get this idea? It's not in the Bible. It's, 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 the, the, the point is, it's relativism. It's, I'm making my rules. I'm deciding what's right or wrong, who goes to heaven, who goes to hell, that there's, that there's racetracks in heaven. It's my game. I'm making the rules. God, we don't need you anymore. Uh, I, I've had conversations with people who who love uh, sports, uh, uh, a, a certain sport, you know, perhaps football. I, I don't believe I'm the only one who's had this conversation, you know. I, there's got to be football in heaven. There's got to be because it brings me such joy. Really? I don't think there's football in heaven. I've never read about it in God's word. But but what people do is in this relativism, if it makes them happy, it's got to be in heaven. Because it makes me so happy. Uh, We're making our own rules in today's society. I tell you, church, the only thing that I'm sure of in heaven is that Jesus Christ is there. Amen that there's a throne. Amen there's a city, the new Jerusalem, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. The things we read about in God's word. Church, I, I don't I definitely don't think that, that we're going to be sitting on clouds for eternity playing harps. Thank you Jesus that that's not going to happen. But we're going to be in we're going to be at the throne worshipping God, praising him. Amen. Amen. Because God's word says it. So so all such reasoning, church, it's humans' attempt to explain what life is, but not including God in that life. Life apart from God. And most people, are they are bent on living a life of sin, living a life of pleasure. And if they do believe in God, they would prefer to think that God winks at transgressions. He ignores them or that... We are saved in our sins instead of saved from our sins. I mean, after all, church, don't we all have family members and neighbors who do things that that we know you know you aren't supposed to do, and yet in our heart we think they've got to be saved? They've got to be right? And so it's the philosophy of this world. Amen, if I love them. God loves them more than I do. And I would never want to see them lost. So how in the world could God ever want to see them lost? You know, it's 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 that old ad is that hell is God's punishment. Hell isn't necessarily, it, it isn't God's punishment. It's just where, where you're going to go if you're not going to heaven. I mean, he didn't sit there, you know, I'm going to try to find the most cruelest way to, you know, To punish these unholy people. That's not what God was doing. It's just the absence of God. And so in today's world. If if God is so incredible and loving. How how could he possibly send anyone to hell? Just because God loves his creation. Doesn't mean creation is saved. It doesn't. If if, if, If a mother's child. Kills another person. Church, that mother is still going to love that child. But if she's a moral person, she's going to turn her child over to the authorities in order for them to be punished, to be be rightfully tried. If she's a, a woman of character. Amen. So church, how much more is our God a God of character? He loves us. And he's going to judge us. There are roads in our lives. We all have roads that we choose to take. And at the end of each road, church, whether it's a road of sin and and selfishness and self-centeredness or hatred or variance, or whether it's a road of of godliness and, 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 and worship and praise and living for God, church, Jesus is at the end of all these roads. Whichever road you take, he's at the end of it. Some of them, he's there as the judge. Some of them, he's there as a savior. So make sure you're on the road where where Jesus is our savior. Amen. I surely don't want to get to the end of the road of my life and find Jesus, my judge. Amen. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. We don't want that. So what do we need? We need truth. We need something that that is set in stone that will get us home. Judges 21 and 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. He decided what was right. Now that word right in the Hebrew is yashar. Y-A-W-S-H-A-W-R. And it means convenient, well well, uh, pleasing. It means righteous. It means upright. They did what was right. They did what was righteous. They did what was upright. But they they did it. Based on their own beliefs, they didn't do it based on God's word or based on a a uh, another's word, a, a leader. They there are no absolutes. I'll do what I feel like is right. But church, there is an absolute. It's it's truth, and thank God for truth. It doesn't cater to to the changing opinions of the day. Truth, it, it just stands independent of all man's theories and speculations. if you have ever uh, had somebody in your life that was accused of doing something, perhaps accused of uh of hitting one of their children when I was a kid i got i was just so clumsy and and uh just really out of control with hypertension, just running around you know i was just running around uh uh i don't know why but but Our screen doors were half glass back then, you know, before they had the you know. Well, I ran through that glass door at least twice in my life. I got scars up my arms to prove it. One time I got hurt like three weeks in a row. My brother threw a Tonka truck at me and hit me in the head. I ran through a glass door and I think I got a, a fish hook caught in my lip. And, uh, and And all three times, I had to go to the hospital, and after the third time I was little I don't remember this my mom says those doctors took me in another room because they thought my parents were abusing me. I, I mean, they, they you know, they were worried. But uh, 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 church, all of us have somebody who's been accused of something, and, and, and it affects the rest of their lives, their, their reputation, it, it's tarnished. Uh, if it's something serious like like child abuse, uh, a file is going to be opened based on the speculation, and and they worry about it. Oh no! What are people going to think about me? What if it's in the news? What if what if this the uh, somebody sees this file? And so their reputation is forever tarnished. However, church, no one can touch our carriage. A reputation is what people think of you based on whether it's truth or or false, truth or lies. A a reputation is built on on you. But but, uh, uh, no one touches your character, whether good or bad. Uh, People have opinions of one person or another. But church, opinions don't change who you are. Uh, you might have an opinion on somebody in church. I'm telling you, it doesn't it doesn't change who they are. They are who they are. That's their character. And it's the same with truth. It really doesn't matter what this world, and take this in the context of what I'm preaching tonight, it doesn't matter what this world thinks about this book. It doesn't change the fact that it's truth. Because it's the character of the book. The Bible might not have a great reputation in today's world. I mean, uh, church, you, you ask most people, what do they think of the Bible? Oh, it's you know, it's old-fashioned. It's you know, just a, a book of of good you know, uh, wise fables. But you know, it's, it's you know, it's outdated. It's not for us today. That's the reputation of the Bible, but but it's not the character of the Bible. Character of the Bible is its truth, and it's going to get us home. It's going to get us there. Amen. Many people don't want to think about truth today. But church, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that it's there. That it remains the same. I heard a story. I hope you all get this. Uh, uh, it took me a minute. I, I, I read a story this week of a man who went to a, 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 a scholars conference. And a humanist was speaking, but there was also religious scholars in the audience, and and there was a religious scholar on the platform. He was going to speak next after the humanist. And the humanist said, "There are no absolutes. There's no absolutes." And the the minister stood and he raised his hand, and and the scholar turned around and he and he said, "Yeah, do you have a question?" And he said, "Yeah." He said he said, "Can I just?" Did you just say that there are no absolutes? And the scholar said, yes. And he said, well, well, are you sure about that? (laughs) And the the audience laughed because the man couldn't answer the question. Either he's going to make himself a liar or or he's going to show that his argument's not very strong. I'm sure there's no absolutes. Well, then you're lying. (laughs) Or well, I don't know well, what kind of scholar are you? Church people aren't sure about truth. they're not sure how to take God's word, especially in today's world but church i'm I'm absolutely sure God's Word is true and that it's going to get us home because it's worked for me. it's kept me safe. Hallelujah, it saved me now uh, and and Church, I don't want to get personal, but, but I'll tell you that, that one of the ways I know God's word is truth is when somebody said to me, if you will do this and this and this, you'll get the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Never being a tongue talker, never being raised in a Pentecostal church where I could kind of fake it based on what I've heard other people do in speaking in tongues. Just went to a Pentecostal service on a Sunday night And I did what they said to do and the Holy Ghost came over me and I spake in other tongues and the Spirit gave the utterance. Never learned. Never faked. It was real. And it was real because God's Word had recorded it as being real. That's how I know it's true. It's truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. People aren't sure about truth, but i tell you, church, God's word is truth. John 8 and 19, then they said unto him, Where is thy father? And Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. I said, Therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you'll die in your sins. Then said they to him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Verse 25, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness. Now think about Isaac uh, telling Esau to go out and kill a deer. And I'm about to give you the blessing. Cook up that venison so you can receive your final blessing. And Rebecca hearing it back, you know, behind a curtain somewhere. And she she scurrying out to find Jacob and tell Jacob uh, here, I'll I'll dress up some meat and you you dress up like your brother and you're going to receive the final blessing. So Jacob does what his mom says and he dresses up like Esau. Uh, the room is dark. His father is blind. Uh, uh, he he brings this this meat that's not venison, but it, it's it tastes like it's been the seasoning or whatever. And in church, Isaac he's totally confused. You know, you I I smell my son Esau. You you feel like Esau. This meat tastes like Esau's, but but you've got the voice, you've got the voice of Jacob. I'm confused. And and since the beginning of time. There has been confusion in this world. This natural world brings confusion. And it's scriptural, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. There is a strong contrast between God's word and the in the in the ideologies of human thinking and reasoning. Humanism isn't close to God's Word. Uh, uh, Relative relative morality isn't close to God's Word. It's impossible. It can't be because we in our flesh cannot receive the things of God. Uh, A great example would be just church, you... Uh, Try to explain the Holy Ghost to somebody who's not hungry. Try to explain, you know, why we need to be baptized in Jesus' name to somebody who is not hungry for truth. uh, They can be religious. They can be spiritual. They can go to church every week. Amen. And you can open scripture after scripture and explain to them why we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. That that name has the power to wash away our sin. That we're buried with him in baptism. You can give example after example in the Bible. The, every time anyone was baptized, they were baptized in Jesus' name. And yet, church, if they're not hungry, so they'll feel sorry for you. Oh, bless you. You must be in a cult or something. Why? Why would you think I'm in a cult? Well, you know, you don't, you don't baptize like everyone else. You must be. Boy, you, you're just not hungry. That's, that's this world we live in. The flesh is enmity with God. It doesn't, unless it's hungry, it just doesn't see the things of God. Spiritualists, they'll strive to, to communicate with the dead. Uh, uh, animists, they, they think that rocks have a conscious, uh, uh, ha- are conscious of things. Atheists, they deny the existence of God. Agnostics teach that God and, and that ultimate truth is unattainable. Humanists teach that mankind is essentially good. Church, we know that's not true. Uh, you leave mankind on their own. What, what an assortment of concepts mankind has followed. You can take a skilled hunter. It's interesting. Take a skilled hunter in the woods and, uh, and their compass is broken and their cell phone doesn't reach anyone because it's out of range. Their GPS... The batteries are dead. They use their map for firewood, for a fire starter. They don't have any provisions. And, 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 and they have the most natural thing to help chart what's east and west. And, and, and they don't even pay attention to it as that sun rises in the east and heads to the west. They don't even pay attention to it. Oh, I'm lost. I'm never going to get found. I don't have my compass. I don't have my GPS. I don't have this or that. Church, like the hunter, there are people out there who are trying to reach for truth, but they try to do it with their own intellect. I tell you, church, we, you aren't going to be able to do it with your own intellect. You need God's word. That's why we love his word, because it guides us to truth. It's that rising sun that, that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we live in an age of confusion, an age of self. Uh, uh many people profess uh that that they are are Christians, that they uh are God fearers, but they stumble in darkness. We find if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 through 4. Matthew chapter 15 verses 8 through 4. Uh the Lord is talking about uh, talking about Pharisees and uh As leaders, this people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, verse 8, but their hearts far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then came his disciples unto him and said, I mean, you can hear him whispering, knowest thou that the Pharisees are offended? When they heard you speak, when you said this, verse 13, and he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, for they be blind leaders leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the dead. How would Jesus refer to modern religionists who deny his virgin birth, who deny his very existence? divine deny his divinity his miracles who place emphasis on formality and tradition vast sums of money are spent in churches on decor and structure but the importance of god's word isn't touched over the pulpit there are clergy like i said earlier who will say anything will say anything uh, they'll address social issues all day. They'll address political issues all day, but, but they will not address the fact that God's word is true and that by it we're saved. So many people get deeply offended when they're called non-Christians and yet they don't believe anything the apostles wrote. They don't believe God's word. They don't believe, uh, in, in the powers of the Holy Ghost, powers of baptism, uh, uh, And yet they're offended if they are, if it's, you know, suggested they're non-Christians. How can you be a Christian and not believe the words of the apostles? I don't know how you can do both. You've got to either believe God's word or you don't. Hallelujah. Matthew 7 and 21, they'll say, uh, well, you know, I say, Lord. He's Lord in Christ. Jesus said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And thy name cast out devils, and thy name done wonderful works. And then I'll profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, uh, ye workers of iniquity. So church, we need a guideline, and the truth is God's word. It's God's word, because everything will measure up to it, all scriptures given by inspiration. We know that Paul, in Acts 24, says, "And after a certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. And answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. So most certainly, Felix and his wife listened intently to this man who was anointed by the Holy Ghost. He was speaking with boldness, with authority. It almost seemed like, if you picture this, that Paul was the free man and everyone else was the prisoner as he was preaching. The message was strong, it was deep, it was convicting. No doubt. I mean, Paul was righteous, filled with the Holy Ghost, anointed. And although his life was in jeopardy, he was able to bring this judge to a moment of of trembling. But as we find later on in Acts 14, Acts 17, Paul's message was rejected. They rejected his message, and some received his message. There are some who rejected it, some who received it. But church, I I tell you, uh, very few, very few people remained unchanged. Either they rejected the story of Christ or they accepted it. But very few walked away and said, I'm still not sure. Paul's trust in the scriptures. It was the reason the message was so powerful. But when the message is powerful, those that don't believe in the message, they, they reject it. There's got to be a complete trust. There's got to be a complete trust. Sister Bag, I'm going to go ahead and and uh, end here. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I, I I I thought more highly of myself than... Than I should have a lot of that has to do with parenting. You know, if your mom or dad Continually tells you you're the best and you're really not You know kids believe their parents Same way if your parents don't think don't don't give you praise and don't lift you up you 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 begin to have a little self-worth but uh We had a we had a little town basketball court and you know, I went down. I played basketball all the time and uh, uh and so it was in junior high, so I was playing basketball, and somebody said, you need, to, you need to come try out for the junior high basketball team. You need to try out for the team. And I, I actually thought, I, I knew players on the team. I, I thought I was better than all of them. I just didn't really want to play. That's when they said, I remember Joel he said, come, come on. You need to come join the team. And so, all right, all right. And so I tried out for the junior high basketball team. And, and in my mind, I mean, when that first practice was about to start, I was thinking, I'm going to be starting point guard on this team, you know. And then they started the, the wind, whatever they're called, you know, the, the wind sprints. And I was in last place and the, the shoot. And I was missing every shot. And, and oh, it was horrible. And they, they I was cut. After the second day of practice, Uh, (laughs) thank you, Mr. Bag, but no thanks. I was sure that I was better than everyone, but I was wrong. I was wrong. If we could stand. You, You see, church, there really is only one thing that you can just absolutely trust, and it's God's word. It is going to get us home. It's going to get us there. Right. Amen. And church, you should absolutely trust your spouse and your kids. And you know, but that's not what the subject I'm preaching on tonight. I am talking about God's word. I'm talking about your spirituality. I'm talking about your salvation, your walk with God. Amen. Trust his word. It'll get you there. Church, it, it can't lie. It can't lie. The stock market, it'll lie all the time. Media, they'll lie. The internet, don't trust the internet. (laughs) Don't trust politicians. Trust God's word. It is yay and amen. It cannot lie. And it's always profitable. Always profitable. Church, you can trust. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. God, we, we just love it. Amen. We commit ourselves to it. We commit our lives to be a reflection of what your word is, God, that people would would come and, and give you glory through the life that we live, that we would be an example of your goodness, your holiness, your mercy, your grace, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name.